CCR number 99 for February 17th, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by PanthersFans.com. Cats fans, get your Carolina Panthers fixed with all the guys and gals over at PanthersFans.com. Stay up to date with all the latest news, transactions, and discussions only at PanthersFans.com. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake Delon's going, Steve Smith left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby! Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, Nick Yeoman is back to provide the fans' perspective, and we'll be speaking to Charlotte Observer columnist Tom Sorensen. Now, buckle your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. Another week and another surgery for one of our star running backs. Meanwhile, Smitty says he needs help, and maybe he'll get it. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Well, last time it was Jonathan Stewart going under the knife to repair his ankle. He says he's doing better. Let's hope that D'Angelo Williams does just as well. D-Will missed the last two games of the season with an injury to his ankle. It's likely it wasn't that serious considering that he played in the Pro Bowl. Still, the procedure was necessary and was performed by Dr. Richard Anderson, a foot and ankle specialist who is the team's doctor. In other news, the scouting combine in Indianapolis begins Saturday, February 27th. The wide receivers will be showing off for the scouts, the general managers, coaches, basically everybody in the league the very next day. Will we see a young wide receiver drafted? It's been far from the M.O. of this team, and they could be a little gun-shy after taking Dwayne Jarrett in the second round three years ago. We just won't know until April. In the meantime, the off-season continues. It's time now for the Panther Preview. We have been breaking down the team one position at a time. Joining us for that very important task is Mr. Nick Yeoman. Yeoman, what's up? Oh, not much, John. Just trying to stay dry, stay out of the snow. I know it's all over the place, all over the country. Everybody's dealing with it, so uh, just trying to stay out of it. Yeah, I know. It's like the, uh, what, is, what was it, uh, the White House called it? Um, Snowmageddon? Oh, yeah, snow, or Snowpocalypse, too. Snow- I believe uh, those two those two terms have been floating around. I'm good with either one of them, though, because uh, I get it, snow gods. I get it. You're powerful now. Leave us alone. I'm tired of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm ready for spring. I don't know about you, but bring on uh, mini camp. Uh, before we do get to running backs, before we jump in there to talk uh, running back and fullback, one thing to get to quickly, and that's this, it really wasn't a comment. It was a conversation that uh, Smitty had with Tom Sorensen, and, and Tom's going to talk to us later and tell us more about it. But Smitty finally admits, yeah, I mean, I'm 30 Kind of like saying, I'm not, wink, wink, as fast as I used to be. I'd like to have a faster guy opposite me on the other side. So your thoughts on Smitty and maybe we're a week ahead. We're going to talk receivers next week. But your thoughts on Smitty and kind of that wide receiver spot. Well, well, the first thing is is I love the fact that he came out and said that. I mean, that shows the maturity of Steve Smith. I don't know if 
if, you know, four or five years ago, here's a guy that's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He wants to be the guy. I don't know if, if he would come out and say that, yeah, I, I, having a guy that was faster than me would be good. Uh, but I love it, and, and, I, and I agree with them wholeheartedly. I really do. This, this wide receiver spot is a position that I think both of us agree has to be addressed. And, uh, and if you can get a weapon, I mean, we've seen in the NFL, you, if you get those, those speedy guys that are just weapons, whether it's the Percy Harvin type, you know, these electrifying wide receivers, the Saints, boy, they have a handful of them, uh, tons of them that they get the ball to. You do. You just, the more weapons you got, the better. It takes some pressure off a quarterback, which who knows who that'll be. The quarterback situation is going to be interesting. So, so I applaud Steve Smith. I absolutely applaud him for coming out and, and saying that. And, and I certainly think he's on to something. I mean, nobody knows his team better than the players themselves. And, and if Steve Smith sees a need and a, uh, a desire for another wide receiver, another weapon for this team, then I think, uh, I think the organization has to listen to him uh, pretty strongly and, and certainly has to look that way. And we're really just down to these last two positions or last two spots in the team, the, the backfield. And, and the running back and fullback pairings, and the next week the wide receivers. Then I guess the week after with free agency and the draft coming, we can talk about those things. But getting to the, the running backs and the fullbacks, we'll start at fullback. And one of the kind of the last holdovers of, of the kind of the old school Panther teams, if you will, and that's Brad Hoover. The guy that's been with us 10 years, just like our old friend Mike Minner, been with the team since the day he came in the league, 33 years old now. Brad Hoover, been with us a while. I just got to wonder, how much longer can we count on this guy, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, and you bring up a great point on how good of a player he's been. It's not gonna, it's just not gonna look right uh, seeing someone out there wearing a number forty-five jersey without, you know, those massive arms and those guns and and just built like, you know, an outhouse. That guy, he's been a monster. Uh, but yeah, how many years does he have left? We don't know. I mean, he's been Mister Consistency his entire career. And to be honest with you, I don't know if, if Double Trouble and, and even going back to Stephen Davis and, and Deshaun Foster, I don't know if any of these running backs have the same success success without Brad Hoover bringing his physicality and intelligence to the offense. It's one of those things where it's tough to tell. I mean, does the fullback do his job? Well, he runs in the hole there, and, you know, the running back bounces outside or he goes through the hole. I mean, you can't judge it. It's tough to tell, but but I do think Brad Hoover's been a very, very important player to this team. He has battled some injuries, though, as you mentioned. Last season, and the question of how much time he has left in his career is certainly a, a legitimate one. But the nice thing about this fullback position, John, is I think the Panthers addressed it last year by bringing in Tony Fiametta. We didn't see a whole lot of him last year, and from the little bit that we did, wasn't too impressive. But I think there's a reason that Tony Fiametta was, you know, highly regarded as the best fullback in last year's draft, and, and I think it was a good pickup by the Panthers. And you got to hope that, you know, from year one to year two, he can make the adjustment and get better. And, and if Hoover wants to come back next year, then that gives another year for Fiametta. I just, I like, I like the, uh, I like the way the Panthers got it set up, and I think going in, in the long-term direction, I think they got a seamless transition from Fiametta to Hoover. But, but I don't know if, if you replace a guy like Brad Hoover right away. Well, there's got to be that question about how much longer, like you said, how much longer can Hoover stick around? Will that back injury be healed up? I mean, a back is oh, that's darn near impossible to really heal up. All you can do is let it rest. Will it flare back up? But this could be a topic, and it just hits me, but th this could be something we want to talk about someday because there's one and only one name in the Ring of Honor. Only one former player, and that's Sam Mills, and he deserves to have his name up there. I'll give you that. But I think they are guys like Mike Minner, Mike Rucker, and, and I think eventually Brad Hoover. People talk about 
stats, you know, maybe stats are for losers. Maybe they are. Maybe that's something John Fox got right. But because we, you know, we look at, you know, numbers for guys like Smitty. We looked at Sam Mills numbers and they, they post great numbers. Yes. But I don't think our running backs, any running back we've had here from Deshaun Foster to Stephen Davis to D'Angelo Williams, I don't think you see the numbers look half as good as they have looked either last year or any year before that without Brad Hoover leading the way. So forget the stats. I think he has been that important. And I believe to a man, I believe every guy on an offensive team that had played with Brad Hoover would tell you the same. I honestly think he belongs up there in that ring of honor. No, I, I completely agree, and I think you can certainly make the case, and, and you mentioned guys like Rucker and Minner, and, and we look at it, and it's positions where, you know, you may not get the, the flash like you do for running backs and receivers, uh, but yeah, I mean, all three of them, I, I certainly think, and I think the fact that the fans, why they love these guys is they were Panthers from the beginning, and they were Panthers to the end, and I think that's what you got to love, that's why people love John Casey, that's why you love these guys that stick around for so long, and, and whether or not that, uh, whether or not, you know, they get, you know, recognized, you know, with the ring of honor or not, I still think, you know, they're lifelong Panthers, and I think, uh, you know, they, they go down as, as members of the family. Well, you mentioned uh, Tony Fiametta, too, and, and I, I mean, as much as I love Brad Hoover, I want to know that somebody is able to come in and take his place, and I hope that Fiametta is that guy. What we saw, though, with, with Hoover out last year a time or two was that the running game broke down some. Maybe they weren't using the tight ends the right way. Maybe you know, maybe the offensive line just wasn't prepared to not, you know, have Hoover back there to help them out, but I didn't see Fiametta step in, you know, that and come in and take on a linebacker head-on and, and really do what he was meant to do as a fullback. Maybe it just, is it, it's, this just could be me. Maybe it's just a matter of opinion, but what I saw was maybe he just wasn't ready as a rookie. I mean, I'm not sure that he's going to be ready. I mean, if, if Hoover left today, I'm not sure that one more offseason is going to get Fiametta ready, and I it makes me question, is he ever going to be the guy? Maybe we want Brad Hoover all the time, but we can't have him. I mean, is that just me, or do you have your doubts? Because I'm not sure about Fiametta yet. No, no, I, I think I, I think you, you may be jumping a little too quick, jumping the gun. I mean, he only is a rookie, and, and I will agree, at times when he was in there, uh, I mean, he, I, I remember, I, I think it was against Atlanta, I had a drop pass. I mean, I, I didn't see him open those holes up either. But at the same time, I mean, we, we, you think back to this, this past season, and, and I know you and I go time and time again complaining about play calling. And I think a lot of times when Brad Hoover went down is when we saw some really questionable play calling. And, uh, and when you're a rookie and you're thrown into position like Fiametta was there, he wasn't ready. And, and uh, I don't know if he'll be ready or not, but I don't want to jump the gun on him and say just because of, of one, you know, just because he didn't show up flashy as a, uh, as a rookie that all of a sudden he's not ever going to be ready. Because let's be honest about it, it's the fullback position. I mean, how much, how much noise can he really make? I mean, Brad Hoover goes under the radar as it is uh, because of the position he plays and because of the guys that he's blocking for. So we'll see. I, I hope that, that Fiametta, though, I think hopefully the coaching staff, you know, kind of challenges this guy and says, hey, you know what, maybe we didn't see much from you in the offseason season." you got this opportunity, you're going to be our guy when Brad Hoover eventually has to hang him up, which is probably in the next couple of years, and, uh, and hopefully he's the guy. But, but I can understand where you're coming from, though. I mean, we didn't see a whole lot from him, and I think a lot of it was, though, that we didn't even see him on the field. We'll come back here in just a minute. You want to stick around and talk some running back? Oh, absolutely. We have to. And we do have a couple of questions that, that Nick and I are going to throw out there, and I'm not exactly sure we have not prepped any notes or, or compared notes with each other. There are two questions I'm going to ask Nick in just a minute. It could cause a debate 
we're not sure yet. We'll just have to see how this goes. So you might, might want to stick around for that. And, and it just might cause you to want to call us. That is, if you feel like picking up the phone, you can call us at 206-350-9673. That's the CCR hotline. You can call us anytime, day or night. Leave a message, and we'll use it here on the show. Again, the number is 206-350-9673. And again, don't forget the newsletter. Sign up for that at the website at catcraveradio.com. Go to the top, click Newsletter. Go in, fill out like a three-entry form, and we'll start sending that to you once a week. That is the newsletter. It's at catcraveradio.com, and be sure and get yourself signed up. Coming up in just a bit, we'll be talking to Tom Sorensen of the Charlotte Observer, and Nick and I are going to come back. We promise we're coming back to look at running back. Be social with us. We're available on Facebook by searching for Cat Crave Radio. Be our friend. Search Facebook for Cat Crave Radio. Hello, car of teenagers. If you don't mind, I'm only going to broadcast this out of the speaker on the passenger side so we can talk in private. Okay, now that we're alone, what's with your friend's driving? Is he always this reckless? You should say something, something witty. Uh, Make a joke about the airbag or something. Hearses are funny, too. You could make a joke about hearses. Uh, driver, just so you know, we're totally not talking about you. He suspects nothing. Brought to you by the Ad Council and SpeakUpOrElse.com. Stay in touch with us by sending us your comments or questions to catcraveradio at gmail.com. That's catcraveradio at gmail.com. Now more CCR. And welcome back to the Panther Preview. Still with us is Mr. Nick Yeoman. Yeoman, time to talk some running back, man. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta love this duo. I mean, you gotta love the duo. I love this depth. This is the unit right here, John. I'm gonna say it up front first, right at the beginning here. This is the top unit on the team, and uh, and boy, I'm excited. Let's let's hit these running backs hard here. These guys are good. The top two, we all know those those two names, and if the rest of the NFL has not learned these two names yet, well at their own peril because we we all know D'Angelo Williams we all know Jonathan Stewart you throw in two guys behind them like Terrell Sutton who we stole from Green Bay they had no room for him had to let him go so we steal him we've got Mike Goodson we pick up in the draft we've got four really capable running backs all good at different things and I'm gonna say it I'll be glad to say it maybe the rest of the NFL and other fans don't know who they are but you might want to get to know this especially the top two the best that's right, the best duo of running backs in the NFL, bar none. I don't care who you are or what city you're in, they're the best. End of story. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 110%. I mean, there's there's no denying it. I think when you look, the only running back, I mean, the big stat, the only running back duo in league history to have two guys go for 1,100 yards in a season. I mean, these guys were third in the league in busting off runs of 20 or more yards and in first downs achieved. I don't think there's any question. I don't think we're being homers one bit. I think Panthers fans, you need to sit back and you need to enjoy what this team has at the running back position because, let's be honest, I mean, the next 50 years of this organization, you're probably never going to see this again. Two running backs this good in the prime of their careers right now. I mean, heck, Jonathan Stewart may only be getting better. Um, it, it is. It's incredible that the talent that they have in the backfield, the talent that they can go with, bring guys in and out. It is something special. And, and John, I agree with you 100%. This is the best running back duo in the National Football League. Okay, we've got four guys here also. And, and if 
Uh, this is a stat I've talked about about a thousand times uh, throughout these these uh, roster breakdowns. Three of these guys are 23 years old or will be 23 years old when the season starts. D'Angelo Williams is the gray hair of the bunch at 27, which is insane. Sutton and Goodson are both uh, coming off their rookie seasons. Jonathan Stewart after his second year. And D-Will has only had four seasons, so youth is being served. And I'm going to throw out another question. This is where the debate might start. Could be. We'll just have to see how this goes. All right, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Better running back, D'Angelo Williams or Adrian Peterson? Oh, oh boy. You know, right now, I, I would have to lean towards D'Angelo Williams, and I think the big reason is that we've seen this nasty little habit that Adrian Peterson has has of putting the football on the ground. I mean, it kills drives. It kills you in, in late-game situations if he puts the ball on the ground. And I think D'Angelo Williams, when healthy, because he was a little banged up this year, missed quite a few games, still was still able to rack up 1,100 yards, even though he didn't even play 16 games. But I think D'Angelo Williams, out of the backfield, is he explosive? You know, does he run as hard, or does it look like he's running as hard as Adrian Peterson? Maybe not, but I think I think D'Angelo Williams is the better running back because he doesn't turn the ball over. And I think I think a lot of people are having to take a second look at Adrian Peterson. But that is one heck of a question, and uh, and I have a feeling you probably get uh, quite a few different opinions. I think probably from the national perspective, Adrian Peterson that's a big name. We see the highlights, we see the stiff arms, and I think a lot of people not knowing about what the Carolina Panthers are all about would probably lean towards Adrian Peterson. But uh, but when you look at the numbers and you look at the nasty little habit that Peterson has, I think you can make the case that D'Angelo Williams might be the better overall back. Well, I think what we all should do is go find ourselves a Vikings fan and get really loud with them and make sure that they understand that. Because I, I was hoping you would go with, with AP on this. I really was. But if you look at the stats, and I'm sorry, John Fox, yes I am, but I'm going to use stats here to back this up. In one season... Adrian Peterson fumbled six times, and in four seasons, D'Angelo Williams has fumbled five. So, I'm sorry, but and you can people can point this out, and I'm sure Vikings fans will say it because they're going to be as much homer as we are. I understand, but they'll say, well, you know, Peterson had you know 13, almost 1400 yards in 09, yeah, with a 4.4 per carry average. Whereas D'Angelo Williams had a 5.2 average. And if you're going to throw a stat at me for a running back, that's the one to give me. So I think Williams comes out with 5.2 and Peterson comes out with 4.4. Sorry, I take 5.2 every day. You know, it's just simple math. Plus, you know, the, the touchdown numbers, I mean, the guy has, uh, what, 98 carries more in a season than D'Angelo does. You should score more touchdowns. So... I don't know. I was hoping you would go with AP. I was, but you, you took you took D'Angelo, and um, so I guess we're you know we're in agreement on that one. You know, at least on this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think you can make the case either way, but uh, hey, you know how much I love D'Angelo Williams, and I have to go with him, being a homer or not. The guy's absolutely fantastic, and, and like we said, you know, if, if, if Adrian Peterson will hold on to the football, then this guy is, you know, one of the greatest running backs of all time, but every little running back has, has got something uh, about their game that they got to work on, and that's something that AP's got to work on. All right, now here's where the controversy could come in, because I, I want to throw this out there. I'm going to be called crazy, and that's fine, because I've been called worse. So, we got D'Angelo Williams, four years into the league, 
at 27 years old, which is normally, if you if you ask most athletes, they're going to tell you their physical peak is between 26 and 28, maybe 29 years old. The guy's physically at his peak. He is as good a running back as there is in the NFL. Sorry, Chris, or Chris Johnson, but, you know, maybe. Maybe you're better, but he's one of the best. So, if we're going to trade from a position of strength, this is the one. So this is this is what I would propose as a general manager. If I was general manager now, this is why I wouldn't get the job. Fans would hate me. If I've got this roster of players, if I'm shopping a player off of this roster to pick up massive amounts of draft picks, it's D'Angelo Williams. I got Jonathan Stewart, who's a very capable running back. He he averaged five yards a carry this year, five point one actually. I got Terrell Sutton, who's proven that he can get the job done if I have to have him. And running backs, generally, I mean, you can have a decent backup, but I've got a great starter, even if I let D'Angelo go, and then I can go get myself a wide receiver, a defensive end. So I'm thinking about it. At least I'm going to shop him and see what I can get. Would you do it, or are you going to hold back? You're, you're crazy. you you got to be crazy. Okay. Kind of be, I mean, I, you know, I, I understand where you're looking at, and obviously all teams have to, you know, evaluate where their strengths are. If they've got that depth, can they get better in other positions? But I'm I'm brought back to the old cliche: if it ain't broke, don't, or if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, D'Angelo is a great running back. It is you know that running back shelf life? Who knows how much longer he has? You know we've seen guys like like Priest Holmes that only have a couple good years. Sean Alexander have a couple good years and then they fade away. And maybe that'll happen to D'Angelo Williams. Uh, but I, I just I don't think you can trade him away. I like the depth that they have on this team as well. I mean, Terrell Sutton surprised a lot of people when he saw action carrying the ball as well as his fullback this season. And, and Mike Goodson, I mean, he struggled during the year, was explosive in the preseason. He's only going to get better. But I just don't think you do it. I really don't think you can do it. D'Angelo's, especially the type of guy D'Angelo is. I mean, I know it's all business in the NFL, but you got to love the uh, the enthusiasm D'Angelo Williams has. He's a fan favorite. And, and let, me, so let me tell you something, uh, General Manager John White. If you pull that move, <laughs> oof, you're going to have a lot of people calling for your head. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to be uh, standing outside with signs that are going to be nailed to little wooden sticks. I would imagine out on Tryon going, you know, you suck, you suck. But I guess it's all about the team, and I, I love D'Angelo Williams. I, I, I like his attitude. I love the way he plays. The thing is, if he's in his prime physically, and other teams know it, they know they can pull a good four years out of him easy, he's going to draw a steep, steep price. I might be able to draw a first, second, maybe two firsts out of the guy. If I can pull that, we're talking Eli Manning stuff, some real crazy, insane stuff. I'm I'm insane not to listen. I mean, I, I would think as a general manager, would you not? Would you say this? If you're the general manager, do you not listen to all offers? Oh, no, you do. You do. You have to listen to uh, everything. I mean, I don't care if, if, if someone's <laughs> offering you something for Peyton Manning. I mean, you have to listen, and you have to think about the long-term future of your team, but... I just I don't know. I mean that that would be that would be one interesting predicament. And I and I have. I've I've read the rumors. I mean we've all seen rumors. You know, everyone's got a rumor just like everyone's got an opinion. They're all out there. And I've heard the ones about, you know, looking at, at this running back position and, and maybe putting one of these guys on the on the trading block and trying to get some value at other positions, especially when they're hot because you don't get to keep running backs in their prime very long. 
But I just I don't know if you can do it. I just I love what the Panthers have here in the running back game. I think these two running backs are two complete guys. I mean, we've seen you know the Steelers have had their their balance of Jerome Bettis, you know, being the bruiser and, and fast Willie Parker, and we've seen the Giants with their three guys with with Brandon Jacobs who can run you over and Derek Ward and Matt Broad, Matt Broadshell that are the, the faster guys. But Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams, just complete running backs, and uh, and I just don't think I don't think you could trade guys like these away. I think at some point, and I, I doubt they would do it, they might, because I think they have great senses of humor, both of them do, but I think at some point it's kind of like the Jerry Maguire thing, one of those guys got to look at the other on the sideline and say, you know, you complete me, but, and, and I love this tandem, I do, I mean, I love these guys, but I think buying low and selling high, I mean, we're definitely selling high, so I'm, I'm going to at least listen to the offers. And a Daniel Snyder just might be willing to say, well, let me cough you up two, you know, two first-rounders. Maybe Mike Shanahan won't, but somebody will. Somebody out there is going to be nuts enough to do it. They just overpaid for Jay Cutler in Chicago. Um, I mean, he's not worth today what D'Angelo Williams is, so i got to at least listen. So, I mean, I've, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah I, I've, I've heard the Detroit Lions rumors, too. I've heard the Lions could be looking at D'Angelo, too. Those rumors are out there, and, yeah. and like you said, if you're general manager, if you're Marty Herney, you're John Fox, you're yeah. Gary Richardson, I do think you have to entertain it. Uh, but, boy, I just I don't think you can pull the trigger on something like that unless the price is right. Okay, I won't officially call this a question of the week, but I will say this. If, if, you've, if you've listened this far into the show and you want to pick a side on this, now... I say at least listen to offers and maybe even seriously consider offers. Nick is saying, yeah, listen, but we're not letting him go. <laughs> Basically, call us, 206-350-9673. Leave your messages. Tell us what you think. And we'll just use whatever messages you leave us. We'll use those on the show next week. We won't call it anything. We'll just say, give us your opinions. But again, 206-350-9673. Okay, Nick, so we're we're talking running back. Let's break it down here. Let's do some grading. And um, we'll just break it down, running back and fullback. We'll let you go first since I did last week. Well, when I, when I start with the fullbacks, John, I, I, I can't go as high as the running backs, obviously. I think the nagging injuries kind of tarnished the fullback unit a year ago. But with the exception of Brad Hoover's banged-up body, I, I think this unit's still fairly strong. I mean, I don't know where you can honestly knock or drag him down too much. Brad Hoover's a solid fullback. I think Tony Fiametta is the guy for the future. So I would give the fullbacks an 85. And when you look at the running backs, top to bottom, uh, you know, like we said, this is the best unit the Panthers have. I think this is the best running back duo in the league. And I don't think it's even close. I mean, this, this team has quite a bit of young talent. But with when efficiency and young talent used come together uh, like they have in the backfield for the Panthers, you kind of have to sit back and appreciate it. And I think I know this is a high number and this is way up there, but I think the running backs get a 98. Okay, which gives you an average of a 91 and a half. And as for me, and at the same concerns that, that you had mentioned before about Hoover, his age, his health, I love the guy, but I think it's going to slow him down. And just looking at the coming season, I think that drops the score for me a little bit. I consider going like 86, 87, especially when you balance him out with Fiametta and his potential upside and his youth. But then, I don't know, it just really brings the score down. So I went 83 at fullback, so we're two points off there. Then at running back, and I started to go like 99 here. I seriously did. I wanted to, and I thought, nah, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of talking about almost a perfect score. And I love D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. I think either one could start on all 32 teams. I honestly do. But 
I, I gave a 97. I, I just knocked off a couple points just to say there's no such thing as perfection. I'm going 97. See, I couldn't, I couldn't, there's no way I could be, the, I'd be the East German judge for figure skating. I'd be like, there's no such thing as a 6.0, you know. Yeah, I, I, I like it. You know what, at the beginning when we started doing these uh, Panther previews, breaking down the positions, you know, you were giving me, you were giving me a hard time about going a little hard on these guys. And look, <laughs> I think the last couple of weeks, I think I've been churning out the higher grades. So who's slamming Cal now? Uh, I, I kind of think I am now. You know, it's it's funny, but um, I think I've just maybe you know you've mellowed out, and I've become you know I've, I've become too hard on these guys. I don't know. I think I, yeah, I think that's what's happened. I think you've realized you got to be a little bit harder on them, and I'm like I got to mellow out a little bit. So either way, though, I think we've been pretty close, and and uh, once again, I think I, overwhelmingly, I think we've the main things that we've touched on with these units is that hey, there's a lot of talent on this team, and and uh, and once again, keep being brought back. There's no reason this team should be going eight and eight. Absolutely, and I, I I couldn't agree with you any more on on any statement than that one. But uh, we appreciate you being with us, Nick, again to uh, to break down the running backs this week. You want to come back next week and do some wide receivers? Yeah, we got to wrap some things up, so let's talk about Smitty and the bunch. And then while we're at it, next week we're going to do wide receivers. We've got all these grades. We're going to come out with an average next week too. So we'll we'll kind of finish it off there, polish the whole thing off, and, and put the capper on it. But again, we talked, uh, Nick and I talked a minute ago about, you know, would you listen and would you seriously consider to offers for D'Angelo Williams? Here's your chance to speak out. 206-350-9673. Call the CCR hotline anytime between now and, and Monday, which I believe is the 22nd. You can call us and leave your message. Again, the number is 206 350 Next week again, the wide receivers. Carolina Panthers fans, we're always glad to hear from you. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. Your thoughts on the team or the show are always welcome at 206-350-9673. Catgrave Radio will be back in a jiffy. Fansided.com Sports Network. You play to win the game. Where diehard fans dish out nonstop news and views on their favorite teams. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Fandom has no offseason. So he sucks you guys right in. So consider yourself sucked. Neither do we. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Fansided.com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. Connect with us on Twitter. Stay up to date on our latest episodes. Follow us at twitter.com slash catgraveradio. Now, back to more CCR. Our guest now is Tom Sorensen, Charlotte Observer columnist. Tom, as always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Oh, thank you. I was glad to do the show. Okay, we've got, uh, we've got a situation and... So often, and I know people that are listening to the show, they don't hear this, but before we start, we're talking about a lot of things. But one of the things, and this is really the topic, uh, we're a year ahead perhaps, but the CBA is is still to be negotiated. Uh, The two sides are probably light years apart right now. They don't want to sit down, at least it would appear. It's possible that 2010 is going to be that uncapped year, and that means teams can spend as much or as little as they want. Is there a chance, really, that Jerry Richardson comes into this year and sort of plays it on the cheap? You know, nothing he's done since he's bought this franchise would would imply it's cheap I mean, in any way. And I think, But I think he will be a good steward of money. I mean, right now, most owners, 
and most players would expect a lockout in 2011. You know, players are going to meet, player reps are going to meet in Maui next month. They always meet there. Uh, it's an annual meeting. And, you know, the owners, I'm sure, have been talking amongst themselves. And, you know, you got to prepare for the worst. And you're talking not just about football players. You're talking about your sales staff, your trainers, your marketing people, uh, the people who keep the field going. And I think just to be responsible, you can't just go out there and throw money away. And I think one of the reasons the NBA is in trouble, and to a lesser extent the NFL, the NFL's not in trouble, but they're just spending away too much money. I mean, I, I think Julius had a nice season, Julius Peppers, but he wouldn't worth a million dollars a game. And that's why, you know, I've been writing consistently. And I was a first, and I'll be the last. But, you know, he's not going to be part of this team next year because they simply can't afford him. But not, I wouldn't say he's going to be cheap. I just think he's going to be, you know, he's going to look at his money and work, where can I best spend it? Well, and you you mentioned Julius, and $21 million because of, what was it, a 20% increase coming into the second year if you franchise him again. So if you do that, you're on the hook for the money if there's no suitor for a trade, which is what a lot of us would, I mean, it'd be great to see them do that if they could trade him away and maybe get a first, a third, something like that in return. Does it look to you more and more like he's just going to leave, there'll be no chance to get him franchised because of the money, and we get nothing back? Well, the only way they would apply the franchise tag is if they had set up a trade in advance, and I, I just don't see that happening. So I think they will let him go. Um, you know, and in a way, they're getting nothing for him, but, I mean, he has fulfilled his contractual obligations, and the Panthers aren't paying anything for him. And they can take the money they would have used to pay him and, and go out there and get somebody else. And last season, they spent so much money on Peppers and on Jordan Gross and on Chris Gamble that they really didn't have the money to fill in around the edges. And I think you saw that. I mean, they did a really good job of scrambling and finding a guy like uh, Schwartz and finding the offensive line and defensive lineman to plug in at the end of the year. But it took them a while to get that momentum going. By the time they got it going, by the time they found the, play, found the right players to perform for them, you know, they were hopelessly out of it. Well, and then we may have a hole to fill there when that happens. If Julius leaves, could leave us a big hole at defensive end. But something we've talked about, it seems like every year, between, say, February and July or August, every year we're talking about the same thing, and that's the second wide receiver spot opposite Smitty. Well, now Smitty's talking about it, and when he has this conversation with you, and, and you write the, the, this article, and I've never seen more links to an article in my life. Everybody is talking about what you wrote. So when Smitty says this, I guess it carried more weight because it's Steve Smith. But, I mean, is the team really looking that way? I mean, can we finally put this thing to bed and, and, and let it rest? Well, they have to find another receiver. I mean, that's because, uh, and I thought... It was interesting. I, I had not set that interview up with Steve. The last few times I tried to talk to him during the season, he did not want to talk. And uh, I take it personally, so I make it a quest. So I kept going after him, kept going after him, and he kept saying no. And I never walk in the locker room thinking that people are obligated to talk to me. I just don't look at life that way or at my job that way. But I also look at it as I have every right to go after them and try to get them to talk. So um, I, uh, you know, I went after Steve and kind of gave up and then I was at the uh, Daytona 500 and he called me down there and he wanted to talk about the Saints and just he was thrilled with the way that they had uh, he, had, he was thrilled with the way that they had had won and had performed and you know the the, the offense and the, the and the way they scored and uh, uh, he uh, that was kind of his topic and then I got him talking about um, got him talking about 
the receiver. And at first he didn't want to talk about it, and then he opened up. And I have not back, been back in Charlotte since then, so I don't know what kind of response that got. But uh, uh, well, I'm glad people are linking to it. But, you know, Steve, Steve is a smart guy. And what I like about him is there's a wide range of interests. You know, it's not just about key plays and stuff like that. I mean, he has something to say, and I thought he was, uh, I thought he made several good points in that conversation. Well, I was actually looking at some stuff this morning, kind of cruising around looking at uh, the scouts are always talking about who they like and who they don't like coming into the, the combine. And there's some names getting thrown around at receiver heading into Indianapolis, which I know is only 10 days or so away as we do this interview, but John Fox is coming into the last year of his, his contract. And since we're talking receiver, it may be that I know they took a risk before on a guy like Dwayne Jarrett. And that was... They didn't, well, they didn't see it that way. Yeah, and it just... Well, I mean, it's... You know, you think a guy coming out of USC, we've already seen the Mike Williams thing. That didn't play out so well. And, I mean, you you have to kind of take a little bit of a risk in a draft anyway because that's kind of a crapshoot. It's an unusual thing. But are they going to take a chance? you think Fox will take a few more risks this offseason? Or do you think he's going to kind of play it safe, lay back and say, well, last year the contract, let's kind of... Let's just go with... You know, with what's always worked. No, I mean they they gambled the last two years and not for for successive seasons. Now they traded away their first round draft choice, the first time to pick up Ota, and the second time to get Everett Brown. And so I don't think they have been conservative. Uh, I think, uh, but I don't think they're going to be. You know, they're not enormous risk takers. But I, you know, you look at, look at the draft and in the same draft in which they took Jarrett, they took Beeson late in the first round. I watched Beeson play in the ACC, and I thought, man, I don't know about that one. Uh, and Beeson, obviously, has just been an absolute steal where he was picked. Um, but it's funny about Jarrett. See, I think Jarrett is a future. And within the team, within the framework of the team, there are people who think that, that Jarrett um, is a better player than he's shown. The um, thing is, Smith and Moussin are both really good at improvising. Um, you, know, you can tell them, go here, go here, go here. And they can do that. But if they see, hmm, what if I go here? And they're both astute. They just see things like that, and they can do that. I don't think Jarrett has that yet, and maybe he never will. But if you said go here, go here, go here, he can do that. Uh, you know, I was at a practice. I was at two practices last year in successive weeks where Jarrett was the best player on the field. On one of them, he gambled deep and just cupped the ball on this, on this deep pattern. The next one, he went and made a really nice cut, went across the middle, and just went high over everybody for another first down. I, I think Jarrett has the skills to be uh, a good third receiver. But I think they need somebody next to Smith who can fly. And, and I think the onus is on them, either through free agency or through the draft, to find that guy. All right, I'll throw you a couple of agree or disagree statements. And, and since you mentioned Smitty and the Saints and, and some of his thoughts on them, because this team knows the Saints so well, and I never thought I'd live in the world where we'd be saying the Saints are the world champs, but could that, is it possible, let me rephrase, Knowing the Saints as well as this team does, it helps confidence in our team that New Orleans actually won the Super Bowl. Agree or disagree? Disagree. Would you say that because we know them as well as we do? I mean, do you think that sets us up against them this year? Nah, I mean, because they know the Panthers too. Uh, you, you know, it, it's sure, one of, your, one of your division mates won, and you beat them once when they didn't care, and, you know, they, they played that exhilarating game against the, the Saints in New Orleans, and you know, that was, I thought, Fox's worst job of the season because late in the game he pulled in. Actually, in the first half they had a chance to get some more points and they just played it so safe. And 
and then the Saints scored late in the first half, and then in the second half they just took over. And I thought that was just the coaches not really believing on their guys and not, you know, just kind of drawn in, which is what Fox does sometimes. Um, but I don't think being in the same division with them uh, or knowing them confers any advantage as far as playoffs or Super Bowl or confidence or anything like that goes. Okay, now going, I guess, off topic here, and since we're not, you know, there's so much, so little to talk about in the uh, in the off season. I'll go back to that Super Bowl, and you tell me if you agree or disagree. It's time to think younger and become more relevant with the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like the cool man. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I saw them in concert after they came out with Who's Next, and that was the best uh, album they ever did. But uh, you know, it's just geezer rock and. And Townsend looked like a caricature, a parody of himself, just, you know, doing that windmill motion, which he stole from Keith Richards. And it just, uh, you know, it was just, uh, uh, it's, it, I'd rather have a wardrobe malfunction. My, a malfunction. Oh. I kind of like wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, I mean, you know, the NFL oh, doesn't Wardrobe like malfunction. Yeah, I mean, the NFL is going to say, no, no, no more wardrobe malfunctions. And I guess that's why we've seen, and the boss was okay, I'll give him that, and... Um, I thought he sold out, man. I, I just, uh, you know, my favorite mus- musician of all time is Robert Plant, uh, former Led Zeppelin singer who worked with Alison Krauss and won that and put out, uh, uh, won, won a bunch of Grammys. And Plant's just brilliant. And uh, if he did the Super Bowl, I would just think, man, I would hate to see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's bring some people up that, you know, that are still kind of relevant, that we don't really want to, I don't want to see T-Pain, but, you know, uh, somebody younger. <laughs> but... Tom, as always, we appreciate you being with us, and um, thanks for your insights again this week. Hey, Tom. Enjoy doing it. Always good talking to you. I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. Nick, you know the show would just not be the same without your awesomeness, man. Check out Nick's Panthers videos. Search for him on YouTube by looking up Big Nick 2700. My thanks to Tom Sorensen for taking part in the program this week. Check out Tom's columns both online and in print in the Charlotte Observer. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com and click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. Fill out the quick and easy form. It's a done deal. We'll keep you up to date on the show, guests, basically everything that's going on with us and with the team. Again, go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link and fill out the form. Yep, it's that easy. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to leave us a review. And follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. If you follow us, we promise we're going to follow you back. Feel free anytime to give us a call. You can call us at 206-350-9673. Just leave a message. We want to hear your opinions, and we'll play them right back here on the show. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio, a proud member of the Fan Sided Network. Check out catcraveradio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers.